Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Pastor Chad Gonzalez. Hey friends, this is Chad Gonzalez. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast. It's our goal to help you connect with God so you can manifest God to your world. We've had a tremendous last couple of weeks. We uh, ministered at Occupied Church in Tulsa, great church downtown Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, we're teaching on some in Christ realities and had some wonderful, just wonderful encounters with God there. I uh, had in particular one one healing that really stood out to me was a young girl. Her eyes were healed. We'd gotten to a time of prayer there while I was ministering. We started praying in the spirit for a little bit and and just started getting some some words of knowledge about some things. And one of those in particular was uh, someone's uh, retina was being healed. Someone's retina be healed. And all of a sudden, this young girl screams out, that's me, that's me, that's me. And this girl, she was instantly healed just sitting there in her chair. She realized that all of a sudden her vision had become very, very clear. She was nearsighted, wore glasses and contacts. And she got healed right there in the service. No one prayed for her. No one laid hands on her. But it just goes to show that, hey, we need to have those times in our church services where, you know, and it's not, not saying you got to do that every single Sunday, but, hey, we need to have some times where we spend some time praying together and pushing and seeking God together. And what resulted out of that time of prayer was, hey, this girl got healed from a word of knowledge we picked up from the Holy Ghost. So, that happened at Occupied Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, we also had the opportunity to preach for King Television. Uh, we did some time of teaching on healing, and we've been able to do that a couple of times now. That's always a, a tremendous opportunity. They just reach millions and millions and millions of people all throughout the Middle East. And so uh, that was last week. We also just got back from Freedom City Church in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Uh, great church there. Uh, great pastors, Robert Ramsey, and uh, got some teaching done on healing there. And we're talking about some redemptive realities. And we had a lady that was uh, healed. She had partial deafness in her ears. Uh, she was healed and some other things happened. But uh, just kind of like over in uh, Tulsa, in this church in Broken Arrow, there was a gentleman who he was healed. He was nearsighted. We didn't lay hands on him. Didn't pray for him. I didn't know anything about it at all. I'd been going around and we were ministering one on one with people throughout the congregation. I asked if there were some other people that want us to pray with them, minister to them. This guy raised his hands. He's crying. I walked over to him and he said, My eyes have been healed. And we didn't pray for him, didn't lay hands on him at all. But he said that he had been dealing with, you know, uh, eye issues for quite a long time and had some surgeries and done some procedures and stuff, and they had, they had gotten better, but he was still, you know, seeing a lot of uh, blurry vision. And, and at some point in that service, it began to clear up, and by the time I got to him, it was completely clear, and he was seeing perfectly. So praise God for that. Uh, we also uh, record a podcast with Gregorich Ministries. You can find that on their Facebook page and uh, on YouTube. We'll also have it available on ours, and so... Just some great opportunities that's come up uh, to get into some some other areas that we haven't been into as well. Uh, probably my most excited thing, though, to tell you about today is 
alternate reality, our brand new book, it's finally here. We're so excited. This has been a, a process uh, all through the fall. It was actually supposed to be available in December, but there were some production issues there. And then because of uh, some of those issues, uh, we actually added uh, quite a few chapters to it. So there's some really, really good stuff in there. And all the books that we've done, I am most excited about this one in particular. Uh, if you, if you want to know what it's about, really in one sense, you could say it's kind of using Naturally Supernatural as a launching launching pad and taking off from there as a foundation. But uh, in a nutshell, you know, Jesus said in John 17, he's praying and he said, Father, sanctify them, separate them by your truth, for your word is truth. That word truth, it's, it's the Greek word reality. So essentially Jesus said, Father, while, while the disciples, while they are on this earth, talking about not only, you know, Peter, James, John, those guys, but also us. He said, while they're in this earth, separate them by your reality. So that essentially, while we're here on this earth, we should be living from another reality, the reality of heaven. And that's what that book is all about, an alternate reality. This reality of heaven that we are to be living from, and we talk about some of the uh, some of the cultural things of that reality and, and the way we should be seeing this perspective of heaven and how we should be seeing our world here on this earth. And so really, really excited about it. I'm so excited about it. And I just want to encourage you, March 15th is when it's going to be available, and you can go online to uh, get it. Uh, most people always go to Amazon. You'll find it on Amazon there. Uh, it's in paperback and ebook form. And we'll also have it in hardback in just a few weeks as well. But March 15th, go get your copy. Get one for your friend. And if you would, please, please, please leave us a review there uh, for the book on Amazon. Those reviews, people don't realize it, but those reviews really, really help uh, those, those books to get viewed by more people. And, you know, we're not trying to make money on these things. We, we have these books really, really cheap. Uh, my main... Uh, endeavor is to get these books into people's hands because uh, I just truly believe that there's some truths in there that'll set some people free and yet in one sense it's nothing really new it's all in the Bible uh, but we just try to put it in a way to make it simple make it basic and uh, maybe sometimes take some some phrases terms that we're very familiar with and maybe we've gotten a little numb to and and uh, kind of dress it up change it up a little bit where it seems uh, fresh and new for people, uh, just to help them in understanding a little bit. So March 15th, an alternate reality. Be on the lookout for it. Go get your copy. I guarantee it's going to help change your perspective in this world and help you manifest heaven in your life. All right, let's get into today's message. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 5 and chapter 6. going to be looking at some redemptive realities about some things that Jesus did for us and uh, and help us to walk in this freedom that Jesus wants us to walk in. Romans chapter 4 and verse 25, it says that because of our offenses, Jesus went to the cross. He was delivered up and went to the cross because of our offenses, because of our sins, and he was raised up because of our justification. This is a powerful, powerful verse here because it tells us that the entire reason that Jesus was raised up from the dead, the entire reason that he was raised up from the pit of hell 
was because God saw us as forgiven. He saw the penalty of our sins as paid for. He saw us as healed, that we were totally set free from sin, sickness, disease. And that is the reason what Jesus was raised up. And it was the only reason he was raised up, because the payment was satisfied for you and I. That's when he was raised up. And so in, in chapter 1, or sorry, chapter 5, verse 1, continuing this very same statement, conversation, he says, we're raised because of our justification. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Notice Paul says that because we were raised up with Christ, you know, and we see this in Ephesians 2 as well, that just as Jesus was raised, we were raised, we were raised with him. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. That word peace means wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. Because we were justified, we have complete and absolute wholeness there with God, complete unification with him. And then he says, through our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we also have access by faith, notice this phrase, underline this, we have access by faith into this grace, into this grace. And we'll see this come up here in just a few more verses. If we go on down to verse 9, Paul continues on with this thought, and he says, much more than having now been justified by his blood. In verse 10, he says, having been reconciled through his son. Verse 11, he says, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received the reconciliation. Over and over and over, Paul is driving home this point that we have been set free from the dominion of Satan. We've been set free from the ties to the curse. And we have been translated, transferred, brought over into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of heaven. We've been reconciled unto God. And it wasn't because of anything that we did. It wasn't because of any of our works. It was because of the grace of God. Because of the grace of God. In verse 12, he says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world and death through sin, and that death spread to all men because all had sinned. Verse 14, he said, Nevertheless, that death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned. Now, that's interesting because it tells us that there were some people under the old covenant that were good people and were living good, living right, but death was still reigning in their life not because of their actions, but because of their position. They were born into the curse. They were born into this reality, and therefore, none of their actions could change it. Friends, this is so good. Think about this. None of their actions could change their position. Nothing they could do which could change the position that they were in. Good people. Didn't, didn't sin, weren't doing bad things, wrong things, but death was still reigning in their life because of what Adam did. But Paul goes on to tell us in verse 15, he says, the free gift, it is not like the offense that the first Adam did. He said, for if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God, the gift of that grace by the one man, Jesus Christ, it abounded to many. It abounded to many. He said that free gift, which came from many offenses, resulted in justification. 
Verse 17, for if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, remember, and he's talking about even those people who hadn't sinned, who hadn't done anything wrong, but simply because of their position, they were experiencing death. Verse 17, he said, that happened, but much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So what he's telling us here is that just as under the old covenant, there was people because of their position tied to the curse, tied to death. It had nothing to do with their actions. It was to do with their position. And the way that death reigned under that covenant through people because of their position, he said much more so those that are under this new covenant because of their position, their position of righteousness, because of their position of righteousness, and now this grace that reigns through that, we are to reign in this life through Jesus Christ. That tells me that our reigning, our ruling, our dominion in this earth is not supposed to be tied to our works. It's not supposed to be tied to our works and our doing and our actions. It is to be tied to our position. In other words, and let's just get very real about it. In the area of sin, the area of sickness and disease, God did not set this thing up for you and I to get saved, for us to be justified, for us to be made righteous, and yet after that be struggling and be working to get set free from sin, sickness, and disease. That is not the way this was supposed to work, but it is what's going on for the vast majority of Christianity that we got justified, we became righteous, and yet we're still working to get set free from the curse of which we've been, we've been translated and taken out of and had the ties to it cut. It's not supposed to be that way. But for many, many Christians, and, and even in you know, our spirit-filled, charismatic circles, whatever you want to call it, there are people struggling right and left to the point of people and I know of some of them personally, and I've had conversations, some of these people are actually questioning what they actually believe now, if they actually even believe in healing, because they're not seeing the results, and they're struggling, and they're working, and they're stressed out, and they're frustrated. Well, friend, I don't know about you, but that frustrates me. And I re absolutely refuse to stick my head in the sand like, like other people are doing and just act like everything is okay. Everything is not okay. Everything is not okay. If we're preaching something and we've been doing it for a long time and yet we're seeing less results now than what we were in the very beginning, something's wrong. And we can't sit there and just act like everything's okay. We have to humble ourselves and look to the Holy Ghost and ask, what's the problem? Where are we missing it? I know it's not God. And it's not the devil. I mean, in many ways, he's not even an issue right now. I've got dominion and authority over him. He doesn't have, he's not much of an issue in my life right now. Yeah, he brings stuff, but he shouldn't be an issue in my life. Well, what's, what's the problem? What, what's the biggest hang-up? Well, friend, it's the, the answer, a, a major part of the answer is right here in Romans chapter 6. Paul, I mean, he's talking about it. It's, it's very basic. It's very simple. 
you know, Kenneth E. Hagin, he made this one statement. He said, I, I thought it was so good, but it was also funny. But he said, you know, if the message is complicated, the preacher probably didn't get it from Jesus. Why? Because Jesus was simple. Jesus was basic. And I'm telling you what we're talking about right now, it is so it is so basic, it's so simple, it's so laid out so beautifully by Paul right here in his letter to the Romans. Let's go on down here to, to Romans uh, chapter 6, verse 4. He says, Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in a newness of life. Friend, this is a powerful, powerful statement here, and it's something that I don't think a lot of people are actually wanting to, to take and, and, and look at it face to face and take it head on because Paul's telling us right now, the very life that Jesus is living is the very life you and I are to be living. He said, Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. He's living a new type of life. In the very same way, even so also, we should be living a new type of life. What type of life should we be living? The very same type of life Jesus is living right now. Now, I know that's kind of a, a mind-bending statement because you would say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Jesus is in heaven. Well, my response would be, so what? What does that have anything to do with it at all? Because the only difference between you and Jesus is the fact that Jesus has his immortal body and you have a mortal body right now. But outside of your body, there's no difference. And we know this to be true because 1 John 4, 17 says, As he is, so are we in this world. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it tells us we are one spirit with the Lord. If you want to see what you're like, look at Jesus. If you want to see what's available on the earth, look at Jesus. If you want to see what's available in your fellowship and your connection with God, look at Jesus. Jesus is the standard. The glorified Christ is the standard for what's available for you and I right now. And Paul goes on to say in verse 6, he said, Because of these things, we should no longer be a slave of sin. Why? Because we've been justified, we've been redeemed, we've been set free, we've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and brought over into the kingdom of light. We were born and sent from heaven. He said we should no longer be a slave of sin. Well, why would he be saying that? Well, he's saying that because even though there's Christians that have been set free from sin, that were a slave of sin and now a master over sin, there's still Christians that are living as slaves of sin. Slaves of sin. And not just sin, also sickness and disease. Friend, we can substitute the word sin and the word sickness. We can substitute them without taking away or adding to. Because we see in Mark chapter 2, when Jesus was talking to the paralyzed man, he said, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk. Jesus was equating uh, sickness and disease and sin he was putting them together because we know that sickness and disease didn't show up in the earth until sin showed up. At its very root, it's sin. Now, I'm not saying that just because someone is sick, it's because they sin. I'm not saying that by any means. And we know that's not, not the case in most situations. 
but at its root, at its core, sickness and disease has its root in sin, in this earth, the curse. And Paul's saying, if you have died, which that's what happened when we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we became a brand new being, something that never existed before. He said, if you have died, you're no longer a slave of sin. Verse 7, for he who has died has been freed from sin. He's been freed from sin, set free from sin. In the literal Greek, I love this because it reads like this. He who has died has been rendered inoperative from sin. Inoperative. In other words, sin is not to operate in your life because it has no access. It has no way because it's been, you've been severed and cut off from it. Verse 8, Paul says, if we have died with Christ, we also believe that we will live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives unto God. Likewise, you also consider yourself to be dead to sin, but alive unto God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is power-packed right here. You need to underline this, highlight this in your Bible, star it, do whatever you need to do, put exclamation points around it. Guys, check this out. He said the death that Jesus died, he died to sin once and for all. He's no longer a slave to sin. He died to it. And now he lives a life that is alive unto God. Likewise, you also consider yourself to be dead to sin and alive unto God. Paul's telling us that in the very same way Jesus is dead to sin, you and I need to consider ourselves to be dead to sin. In the very way Jesus is alive unto God, tied to God, united with God, this new position here, in the very same way you and I are to consider ourselves to be tied to God, alive to God, united to God. Now, why would we have to consider that? Why would we have to consider that to be true? Well, it's because everything in this world is telling you you are not dead to sickness and disease. You're very much alive to it. That's why you see all of these commercials on television telling you about all these pills and all of these medications and prescriptions and stuff you can take to get rid of this sickness and get rid of that disease. And, and we've got you know this pill and that pill for this and that. All these things are telling you you're very much still susceptible to sickness and disease in this earth. But that's not the case. We need to consider it to be true that I'm alive unto God and dead to sickness and disease. But friend, you have to consider something to be true that is not obvious to your senses. Again, everything in this world is telling you you're very much alive to sickness and disease. Why? Because we still have this mortal body that we're uh, living in and has been given to us to access this world that we're in right now. But just because we're in this body, it is not to determine and not to affect what we are to be experiencing in this world. The problem is, is that many of us are allowing the body and allowing the senses to tell us what's true and what's false. And this is where we kind of get in talking about this alternate reality, this new reality, this reality of heaven we should be living from and experiencing even though we're here on this earth in the midst of a cursed reality. 
Paul tells us to consider ourselves to be dead to sin, but alive unto God. We need to consider ourselves to be dead to sickness. That sickness and disease, it cannot operate in my life. We need to consider it to be true. Notice Paul does not tell you to go and, and obtain your healing. Paul doesn't tell you to go and, and obtain your freedom from sin. He said, because it's already been done, you need to consider it to be true. He doesn't say you need to whine and complain and ask God, why have you not set me free? Why have you not healed me? Paul doesn't say that. Christians today say that. Preachers today say that. But Paul didn't say that. Jesus didn't say that. Paul, you're not going to find uh, many times where he's telling you to go and get something. Many times Paul is trying to get you to realize you already have something. That was Paul's prayer over in Ephesians chapter 1. He said, Father, open their eyes, help them to see, help them to understand and know what they have. One of those things being the same life, the same power that raised up Jesus from the dead. He said, Father, help them to understand they already have this. Paul's telling us right here in Romans chapter 6, you need to do some considering of the fact of the reality of the truth that you're dead to the sickness and disease that the world is alive unto. And that's why in verse 12 he said, Therefore, do not let sin, do not let sickness and disease reign in your body. Well, why would he tell us not to let it reign in our body? Well, because number one, it's a reality. This is not a promise. This is not something to come. This is a living day present reality that we have been set free from sickness, disease, and sin, addiction, depression, all of these things that are tied to the curse. It's a living day present reality. We've been set free from those things. Therefore, we shouldn't be letting it rain in our body. It's a present day reality. Number two, it's because we have authority and dominion over it. That's why he said, therefore, do not do it. Why? Because of our position. Again, it's not supposed to be because of our works. And that's where many of us are today. We're working, trying to get something. We were never designed by God to work to get what Jesus already got. We don't need to be working. We need to be considering. So my question to you is not what are you working? Not what are you, what are you doing? What are you trying to get? The question is, what are you considering? What are you considering to be true? Are you considering the, the, are you considering the, the tumor that the doctor has found? Are you considering that to be truth in your life? Or are you considering to, to be a reality that that tumor that's in your body, are you considering that to be a reality that that tumor that's there, the cancer there, the sickness that's there, that you've actually already been set free from it? See, everything comes down to our perception. Our perception is going to affect our thinking. Our thinking is going to affect our believing, and our believing is going to affect our receiving, our results. So if you don't like what, what you're seeing in your life, we need to go back all the way back to our perception. How are we perceiving our world? Now, I'm not saying that we're, we're denying uh, the things that are in this world. If you go back to Romans chapter 4, we see with Abraham, it says that he did not consider his own body already dead. Now, Abraham knew he was old. He knew Sarah was old. But he says he didn't consider his own body when it came to the promises of God. See, Abraham, he was, he was operating on a promise. You and I, we're not operating on a promise. We're operating and living in a reality that's already been done for us. 
So we could spend a whole lot more time on this, but let's just finish up here. These next couple of verses, Romans chapter six, verse 14, Paul says, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under law, but you are under what? Grace, you're under grace. Verse 18, he says, you've been set free from sin and now a slave of righteousness. Verse 19, he said, present yourself, yourself as a slave of righteousness. Verse 20, he said, you were a slave of sin. Verse 22, he says, now having been set free from sin. Verse 23, he said, for the wages of sin is death. To the wages of your work in this cursed reality, it's never going to produce life. It will always produce death. But he said, the gift of God, this grace of God, it is eternal life. It is Zoe. It is the life of God that's found in Christ Jesus. See, the wages of working in this cursed reality, it's never going to produce what you want and what you need. Religion will always have you trying to work for what Jesus already bought and already got for you. But the grace of God, it puts us in a position. Again, it's not because of works and actions. It's our position because of our position in Christ, our position of righteousness, our position of being alive unto God, as being a son and daughter of God. Because of our position, this grace of reigning and ruling and dominion and life, it's supposed to run rampant through our life. Not because of what we do, but because of who we are. Because of who we are. Friend, we don't want to be people that are called blessed by God and yet still living cursed lives. And and, And many times, it's not because of something that we have done wrong. It's simply because of ignorance. Either not knowing or, and I get it, Sometimes just get uh, allow the cares and stresses and worries of the world to come on and then you just kind of open up some doors you didn't mean to do. But it's just because we allowed our connection to get less of God and more onto the things of the world and some things happen. And, and you know, we've all been there. We've all experienced those things. I have too. But what do we do? Well, we need to repent of those things. And then what do you do? We need to start doing some considering. We need to start doing some reckoning. We need to start doing some thinking, some considering to be true of the realities of who I am, whose I am, where I'm from, what's on the inside of me, and how I'm supposed to be living my life. What life is already mine right now? The very same life that Jesus is living right now. Well, praise God. I I trust that that encouraged you. It, It got me encouraged and got me a little fired up. These are things we need to remind ourselves of, these wonderful realities of who we are in Christ and what Jesus has done for us, in us, and endeavoring to do through us. Well, friend, hey, if you're not a Dream Team partner, hey, go to chadgonzalez.com, become a partner with us today. Uh, all the donations, all the, the seeds that are being sown are going into our book around the Books Around the World project, and that's where we're going, and we're translating these books of ours, uh, our core books, into the different uh, languages of the countries that we're going into. And so uh, right now we've got uh, books in Korean, Chinese, uh, Polish, Spanish, and we're looking to add uh, German, French, and Russian into these as well. So, hey, if it's only $5, because I've had people say, well, that's all I can do. Hey, $5 is great. It's awesome. If it's $2, $3, $100, whatever, we would love for you to partner up with us financially and helping us to to take this message of God's grace and God's healing power into the world and every time we go into these countries, we're able to put these books uh, in their current language 
uh, put it into the hands of these pastors and and endeavor to help that spread throughout those countries. So uh, hook up with us. Also, be on the lookout again for Alternate Reality, available March 15th. And then also, one last thing, uh, we're working on having our first Healing Alliance meeting that's going to take place in the summer. Uh, For those of you that have gone through the Healing Academy, be on the lookout for that. We're going to be starting up a new Facebook group for that and send out some messages. Uh, But we're going to have our first Healing Alliance meeting uh, this summer. And then also, hey, if you're a pastor, you've been enjoying the things that you've been hearing on the Supernatural Life podcast, and you would like for us to come to your church and hold a conference or do a Healing Academy training, we would absolutely love to do that, be a part of that. Uh, We don't charge anything for that. We just want to be a blessing to you and your congregation. So message us. uh, You can message on Facebook. You can send us an email at info at chadgonzalez.com, or you can just go to the website and do it that way as well. We're really excited about 2021. It's going to be a great, great year, uh, not only for us, but also for you. So praise God. Hey, friends, remember that in Christ, we always win. We'll talk to you next month. Bye-bye.